Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Anybody else eat too much food? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. We got to go, uh, we got to go a couple places this year for Thanksgiving. So on Thursday, we got to go to my dad and stepmom's house, and uh, they kind of like provided most of the food, which was awesome. So got to eat a bunch there. And then on Friday, a uh, couple days ago, we went over to our, my in-law's house, and we got to have food there again. And I heard this really, really corny joke that I thought was hilarious. Do you guys want to hear it? It's really bad. I got to, like, warn you first. So, all right, here we go. Uh, when is a pumpkin no longer a pumpkin? When is a pumpkin no longer a pumpkin? When you drop it, it becomes a squash. That's pretty bad, isn't it? I told you, I warned you it'd be bad. So my name is Caleb Nichols, and I'm glad that I get to be here uh, this morning and just share with you guys for a little bit today. And uh, some of you may know we are in the middle of a series that we're calling The Feelings That We Feel. And it's all about this spectrum of like human emotion that we go through. There's all these like positive emotions that we have in life, and there's all of these negative emotions in life. And we're trying to kind of go through and kind of like hit on all those and talk about healthy ways to like respond to these emotions and healthy ways to work through them. One of the statements we've been saying throughout this series that I really like, it's, it's this. It says, feelings are a gift from God to help us navigate life. So the feelings that we feel in this life are actually a gift from God to help us navigate through life. And I think it's really important when we, when we talk about that to remember that the feelings that we have are from God, but not always the circumstances we have in life. So sometimes we experience like really negative and really bad circumstances in life. And it doesn't mean that God is like always causing those, but he does give us the emotions so we can go ahead and work through some of those things and navigate those in life in a healthy way. And this morning we're gonna be talking about the feeling of sadness the feeling of sadness. And there's a ton of different things that make, that make us sad. I was thinking about that this week a little bit. And I was thinking about some of the different things that make us sad. So there's a, there's a bunch of different ones. I think, I think one that can be is like mistakes that we make or mistakes that other people make in life, right? Like, like we make mistakes or other people make mistakes and that leads to disappointment in different ways. So that can like lead to sadness in our lives. Um, like loss is a big one that can lead to, lead to sadness in our life. So like loss of somebody that we love. Uh, like something like loss of a job, loss of even a dream or something like that. Any of those different things can lead to sadness, but like regrets, disappointment, loss, and all kinds of like different difficulties and like pains in life, even things like sickness and things like that, like poor health can lead to all these feelings of sadness. I was just, uh, yesterday morning, I was at a funeral for this amazing man who lived to be into his like 80s, I think, and uh, this awesome guy, like huge part of this church out in Ripman, Ohio, loved Jesus, loved his family, uh, left like this amazing, amazing legacy for the people around him. And it was fun to, and kind of like joyous to hear some of his family members get up and talk about his life and his legacy and all the things that he taught them. But at the same time, it's also sad, right? Because there's this man of God who loved the people around him that it like has gone into like the afterlife, right? And he's gone on to be with Jesus in heaven, but we still are gonna miss him and it still makes us sad. So there's all kinds of different things that make us sad. And I think especially at this time of year where you guys know we're right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, 
all of this holiday stuff going on. It's a time of like great joy. So just a couple days ago, we were remembering and giving thanks for all the ways that God has blessed us and the families that we have and things like that. And then coming up in a few weeks, we're gonna be celebrating Christmas and we're gonna be celebrating the birth of Jesus and how Jesus came and like made a way for us to have salvation and have a relationship with him once again. But mixed in all this time, all this like holiday season, there's also a lot of sadness that can go along with it for many of us because like this time of year, tends to heighten all the memories we have. You know, people we've lost, disappointments we've gone through, people that have hurt us. Pain in life can lead to sadness even during this time. And I think of like, you know, going to some holiday parties. I'm sure you guys have been to a bunch of these. And you know, it's like one of those things where you like, you want to go see family, but you kind of don't sometimes too, because you know how families can be. And there's usually always like skeletons in the closet and things that aren't talked about and things. And I remember going to some family gatherings and some other places like that. And uh, just some like holiday parties and people like before everybody gets there talking about, you know what, we should just, we should just pop a couple Xanax before everybody gets here. You know, just, like, get a couple Xanax in us, pop the wine open, just kind of take the edge off before everybody gets here so we can kind of like get through this holiday season. Because there's joy that comes with the holidays and there's also sadness. And there's a bunch of different ways that we tend to mask our sadness and mask like our different pain and some of those negative emotions we have. So some of those could be things like drugs and alcohol, of course. But also I know for like me and for a lot of guys, probably it can be like working like crazy, like becoming a workaholic. It could be like getting addicted to entertainment, anything like that. We tend to mask um, the ways that we feel and the saddest we have instead of just feeling them. And I think in the church, I think sometimes we even have a bigger problem with this because for whatever reason, there tends to be this feeling, I think, sometimes that if we're like going to be negative at all, or if we're going to talk about how we really feel or our sadness, anything like that, almost like it's the wrong thing to do. Like we should show up to church. We should all like be these happy plastic people that have a smile on our face all the time. But that's just like not the reality of life. And it's not the reality of the world that we live in. I remember, <clears throat> I remember working at the VA hospital up in Cleveland. So I'm a veteran and I got a job up at the VA hospital in Cleveland when I was working my way through college. And I had a really kind of like fun job there. I got to just like clean the room. So I just got to bounce around between different veterans rooms and like clean the room, just like empty the trash can, mop the floor, clean the sinks, things like that. And um, that part of the job wasn't what I really liked, you know, but I loved like meeting the different veterans and hearing their stories because there was all kinds of different like Vietnam veterans and things like that. Uh, But one of the sad things I remember about it is you had these veterans that were sitting in these hospital beds And a lot of them, like I said, were like Vietnam veterans and saw some like pretty like horrific stuff in life. And they were coming up usually kind of like towards the end of their life because they were sick and they were in the hospital, things like that. So they're going through all this like sadness and pain in life. And I remember walking through some of the rooms and in their rooms, they had had TVs in their rooms. And a lot of times when I walk in these different rooms, I'd walk in and I'd see them watching these TV preachers. You guys know who I'm talking about? These guys, on, these guys on TV. And not that all of them are bad, but a lot of them like present this like gospel message that isn't true. And so what's what we call it a lot of times is the prosperity gospel. And that's this idea that if we like do the things that Jesus wants us to do and we give the right amount of money or we serve in the right kind of ways or whatever it is, things like that, that our life will always be good and we'll always be happy, and we'll kind of like have our best life now. And I remember I was always kind of like frustrated with that false idea of what like the gospel is, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, but it really, really bothered me 
during that time when I was literally walking room to room to room seeing these veterans that were kind of like on their deathbed, a lot of them, and they're watching this TV screen and seeing this person who's supposed to be representing Jesus to them, and he's saying, like, look, if you just, like, give us this amount of money, your life will be happy and everything will be great, and it's just not true. It's just not the world we live in. Because of sin and because of the fallenness of our world, we're going to experience pain and loss and disappointment, and those things are going to lead to sadness. And I think it's important when we talk about this idea of sadness, too, like a couple things. Like one is we don't want to, we don't want to like diminish our sadness. Like we don't want to like press it down and act like it's not happening and act like it's not real. We don't want to diminish it. But we also, on the other side, we don't want to like dramatize it. We don't want it to make it out to be more than it is. We just want to feel the sadness that we're going through. And I found this quote, we're going to pop it up on the screen here from a, uh, a secular psychologist named Lisa Firestone. I thought it was really, really helpful for the conversation this morning. And Lisa wrote this. She says, often people tend to either diminish, diminish, they act like it's not a big deal, or they dramatize, they make it out to be more than it is, their emotions instead of just feeling them, right? We just want to feel our emotions. To exaggerate, or ruminate, ruminate means just to think about over and over and over again, to exaggerate or ruminate in our sadness or to engage in self-pity can be very destructive and maladaptive. Maladaptive just means we're not going to be able to adapt to life in the right way. On the other hand, if we let ourselves feel our real sadness about real things, the emotion can move through us like a wave reaching its peak, then washing over us and eventually dissipating. That's not to say that all pain will be smoothed over or gone forever, but we can learn to feel it when it arises and then continue to live our lives feeling more vital, truthful, and balanced within ourselves. And that's by by Lisa Firestone. I thought that was really, really helpful. She's saying, like, look, don't diminish the sadness or the pain we have. Also, don't go to the other, like, extreme and dramatize it. Just actually feel it. Just, like, take that pain and that sadness and that emotion we have and allow ourselves to feel it so we can feel it and it can eventually like pass through us. I thought it was like really, really helpful. So we don't want to suppress our sadness. We simply want to feel our sadness. We don't want to suppress our sadness. We simply want to feel it. And I think it's just like so, so important that we not only like feel our sadness, like allow ourselves to feel what's happening within us, but we also like want to share our sadness with the people around us, especially in the church, especially in a setting like this, like a body of followers of Jesus, right, who like love Jesus and love each other, we also want to share our sadness with each other. We don't want to keep it in and like to ourselves. We want to feel our sadness and share it with others. There's a verse I want us to pop up on the screen in Romans 12, 15 that I just love. And it says this, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And I think sometimes the, the way I, I tend to interact with people at least is like when I see somebody that's sad or somebody that is mourning, what I want to do is I want to like make them happy, right? And that's not what Paul says. He doesn't say, hey, when you see somebody that's like kind of, you know, struggling with life and going through some things, he's like, don't make them happy. He's like, no, you go like be in their sadness with them. You take part in that mourning and that sadness with them. So we want to rejoice when people rejoice. So like I remember being in like a small group and we'd have like somebody in our group would have a baby and we would like go visit them in the hospital and bring them stuff and like have a party like celebrating that new life, right? And that's awesome. That's like an amazing thing. But then when like people go through hard times in life, we want to do the same thing. We want to surround them 
and like be in that feeling and that emotion with them. We want to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. There's something about, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something about this process of like allowing ourselves to feel emotion and feel sadness and then also sharing it with others. I, don't, I can't quite like nail down what it is, but there's something about that that begins to bring healing for us. And it's just like this really, really helpful thing. Um, and I know some of you guys know uh, my story a little bit over the past couple of years. Some of you don't. But we're kind of coming up, <clears throat> excuse me, on a time in my family. We're coming out of a time of like pretty intense like sadness and grief. Um, so we're like at the, about the two-year anniversary mark. We just passed your anniversary mark um, of a bunch of loss in my family. So about two years ago, my older brother Kevin, who's about 18 months older than me, he died in a car accident out in North Carolina. So he came around a corner he had a little, little too much to drink that night, came around a corner at a tree, and uh, was killed suddenly. And then about probably a little less than two weeks later, my 20-year-old nephew um, like died suddenly, like totally surprised, totally shocked by that. And then <clears throat> a few months after that, we ended up losing my, my cousin suddenly as well. So we've like really kind of like gone through the ringer as a family, and we're trying to like come out of this time of like pretty intense sadness. And I, and I definitely can't say that I've like work through it all like in a perfectly healthy way or anything like that but I've been trying I've been trying to like work through like the pain in life and like the sadness of life in a healthy way so I can be on the other side of it I can come out like a healthy individual who can like love the people around me and love my family and like love the church and uh one thing that's really interesting about this time is I've been like purposefully so like on purpose I've been allowing myself to feel sadness so on purpose, I've been saying, okay, I'm, I have this sadness in my life. I'm going to take time out to try and let myself feel that, which is not normal for me. I tend to be a pretty, like, positive person, like, self-motivated, all those kinds of things. So for me to, like, actually think about the sadness I've gone through is not normal. Um, but it's been very, very helpful, and I, I believe it's been, it's been healing as well. And I'll just give you a couple, like, simple examples of that. So kind of a fun one. Uh, do we have any, like, Star Wars fans here this morning? Everybody should be raising their hand right now. Come on. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Anybody know when the next movie's coming out? December 15th. There you go. Yeah, it's coming up soon. So me and my brother, we were, he was 18 months older than me. We were like complete opposites. I was always tall and skinny. He was always short and like really built. Um, <clears throat> total opposite personalities. I was pretty shy. He was like outgoing, super aggressive, crazy guy. Um, so we didn't always get along. We were brothers too, so there was kind of that love-hate relationship, like we were best friends, but we would fight each other, you know. Um, so we had, you know, we had, we had like that brotherly relationship, but one of the ways we always connected was Star Wars, right? So like I love Star Wars, he loves Star Wars, and he really kind of geeked out on it sometimes. So he was one of the guys that actually like read the books about Star Wars. I don't know if you got some of those here or not. Um, he was really into Star Wars. I was too, and so it's one of the ways that we connected, right? And um, so, like, a real simple thing I've done is I've gone back and actually, like, watched a bunch of the Star Wars movies and, like, even shared those with my kids, too. And I know it sounds, like, really simple, and it is kind of a simple thing, but it's really, really helpful and really healing. Instead of avoiding that, like, pain and that sadness that I know is going to come with that, instead of just, like, shutting off that point of, that, that part of my life, I'm actually, like, walking into it, trying to, like, experience that and allowing myself to feel like the sadness of missing him. So it's just been like really, really good. I think another thing I'm sure a lot of you guys have done is just like visiting people's grave sites. So my mom passed away from cancer um, probably about 12 years ago. 
So just been trying to like make more time to on purpose like go visit, you know, where she's buried and like remember her and think through that. Another one that's a lot more intense than Star Wars um, is like even going to see like a professional counselor. You know, so we had all this stuff happen in our life, all of this sadness, and I'm like, man, I don't, like I don't even know if I'm dealing with this in a healthy way. I don't even know if I know what healthy looks like. You know, so actually taking time and making the investment to go see a counselor. There's a guy named Pastor Dale, uh, just right out in Norton, in the back, of the, the back corner of the Norton Plaza by the taco place. And uh, he does a bunch of counseling there. And I went and saw Pastor Dale, and he was like super, super helpful. One of the things he made me do, which I wasn't too excited about, <laughs> is he made me <clears throat> uh, write some letters to the people I lost. So I could actually sit down, like take the time to like type out or write out letters to them. And it wasn't too hard, like actually writing them, but then I went and sat in his office, and I'm like, okay, you know, check, got the letters done, man. Um, and he's like, okay, I want you to pull those out and read them to me now. I'm like, okay. And I remember like doing that, like reading the letters to him, and like the tears just like pouring down my face because it was like, in a way, I was kind of releasing this emotion and this sadness that I was feeling. And we need to do that. We need to like actually feel the pain and like the sadness we have, and we need to share it with others. And I think, I think uh, just that statement of we need to feel our emotion, we need to feel our sadness, we need to share it with others, maybe like brings up like the question of like, well, why is, why is that important? You know, why do I need to do that? And I think the reality is, I think this statement is true. We're going to put it up on the screen. If we don't own our sadness, it will own us. And what I, like, we, if we don't own our sadness, it will eventually own us. And what I mean by that is if we don't take the time to process our feelings and our sadness and our pain in a healthy way, eventually it's going to like affect our lives in some pretty negative ways. I don't know if you guys heard the story. Um, there's, a, there's a rapper named, named Lil' Kim. I honestly had never heard of him before. Um, but about 10 days ago, I was scrolling through my newsfeed on my phone. I'm sure you guys have that. And I, re- I ran across this article about this rapper, <coughs> excuse me, who was 21 who passed away. And I read, I read a story a little bit and it was like, crazy to like read his story because he was super famous. He was like a really, really famous rapper. And he was also like really wealthy too. And he was really, really popular. It seemed like he had everything, everything you could imagine that you'd want to have in life. And he ended up like losing his life probably from the abuse of um, like antidepressants and painkillers and things like that. It seems like what, what happened. And he had like, it seemed on the outside like he had everything he, he needed in life and he wanted in life. But clearly he wasn't working through his feelings in a healthy way. He was masking them with drugs and things like that. And it ended up leading to his death. And I think that's like true of all of us. We can, if we don't like deal with that pain and sadness that we have, it's going to lead to negative consequences. And I wanted to, I wanted to show you guys this illustration. So I brought a uh, beach ball with me. You guys have seen one of these, I'm sure. And um, when I went to some counseling, the, the pastor actually used this as an example, and I thought it was really, really helpful. So if you just imagine that this beach ball is like a ball of emotion that we have, or like a ball of sadness, since we're talking about sadness today, or whatever like negative emotion that might be. Um, he was talking about this idea of like being at the ocean or maybe being in a swimming pool. If you guys have ever done that before, and you have a beach ball, especially a big one, and you try and press it into the water, you guys ever done this before? And what happens? Like there's pressure that pushes back up, right? And it's the same thing with our emotion. We have this negative emotion inside of us, and we try and take it, and we try and suppress it, 
or ignore it or gloss over it or act like it doesn't matter and press it down, there's this pressure that actually builds and like wants to come back up. But a lot of times, we feel that pressure coming back up, so what do we do? We push that thing down further, right? We're like, I don't have to, I don't have to feel this pain. I don't have to feel this sadness. I'm just gonna take it, I'm gonna keep pressing it down and keep pressing it down and keep pressing it down. But when we do that, what happens? You guys know what happens. The ball eventually shoots out the side, right? And comes out in this other direction that's like uncontrolled and can like hurt people. It's the same with our emotion. We, don't, we have that negative emotion that we're going through and we don't bring it to the surface and like be honest about that sadness that we have, right? And share it with the people around us. And we don't do that and we just press it down in it'll end up shooting out the side. And when that happens, it's never a good thing. And a lot of times, it can hurt the people around us. Uh, this guy named Pastor Bob, who started uh, the Norton Campus of Grace Church, he always says this statement that I love. He says, hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. So we have this pain and this sadness, and we're hurting because of it. And if we don't deal with it in a healthy way, we're going to end up hurting the people around us and continue on that process of pain and sadness to other people. There's this verse, this set of verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, <clears throat> verses 1 through 4 that I want to read to us. And it's, it's a very interesting passage. Ecclesiastes isn't a book that people spend a lot of time in. And when you read it, it actually sounds like a little bit depressing. You're like, you're like dude, what are, you, what are you talking about, man? This is crazy. So let me, let me read it for us, and then we'll talk about it just for a minute. Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 4, the author writes this. A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death, better than the day of birth. That's interesting. So he's saying the day of death is better than the day of birth. That's, that's odd. Verse 2, he says, It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. So he's like, hey, it's actually better to go to a funeral or to some calling hours than to a party. That doesn't make sense. I, I tend to want to avoid funerals and calling hours usually. Um, and he says, For death is the destiny of everyone, the living should take this to heart. So the living should remember that we're all going to die someday. That's actually all where we're headed. Verse 3. Frustration is better than laughter because a sad face is good for the heart. Hmm, I always heard that like laughter was the best medicine. You know? <laughs> not, not that sadness was good for your heart. And then verse 4 says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of pleasure. I just find that to be like a really fascinating passage and I don't I think we want to be careful not to take that too literally but what the author is trying to say is saying hey look it's actually good to reflect on our lives it's good to like take the time and like take into account what's happened to us in life both good things and bad things we don't want to like be these happy plastic people that always focus on just the positive and happy things in life we want to remember that like there's real pain and real sadness and real negative things that happen in life and it's good for us to take the time to reflect on it some. But it's actually healthy for us when we heal. So we want to embrace the sadness. We want to embrace the emotion that we have. But we don't want to live there either. Right? We want to embrace that emotion and embrace that sadness. But we don't want to live there forever. And a lot of times, actually embracing that sadness is what allows us to move on from it. Instead of like hiding it and ignoring it and suppressing it. So we need to like... Let ourselves feel emotion, let ourselves feel sadness. We need to share it with the people around us, and we also need to like, share that with God. We need to give that over to God. And I want us to look at quite a few verses here, um, just talking about kind of like the character and the heart of God and as it relates to us. So there's, the first one is in Psalm 55, 
verse 22. Psalm 55, 22, we'll put it up on the screen. It says this. It says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. I love that. It's like all these cares that we have in life, all of these like negative things, positive things, whatever it is, whatever we're worried about, whatever's on our mind, we actually want to like cast that on God and give it over to God. And the reason is because he'll sustain us through it, it says. And he says he will never let the righteous be shaken. Then 1 Peter 5, 7 is a very similar passage. It says, cast all your anxiety on him. And it's talking about Jesus now. Cast all your anxiety, all the things that worry you, all the things that are hard for you on Jesus because he cares for you. So we want to like feel our sadness that we have. We want to share our sadness with the people around us. And we also want to cast our cares on God. We want to feel our sadness. We want to share our sadness with the people around us. And we also want to cast our cares on God. And I, I think I have a, when I think of like, giving my cares over to God. I, you know, when I think about like sharing how I feel with the people around me, that makes sense to me because I can like see them and touch them and they can like interact with me and I can, I can see their emotion and feel their emotion. But when I think about doing that with God, sometimes that's like a little bit tricky. I'm like, well, I can't really like see Jesus. I can't really see God. I can't tell exactly how he's feeling. So it's really, really helpful that we have some places in the Bible that we can look at to see like the heart of God towards us. And I love this in Psalm 34, 18. It's talking about how God actually wants us to bring our sadness to him. Psalm 34, 18 says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So like anybody here who's been brokenhearted, like and you've gone through some pretty intense sadness and your heart's kind of been broken, it's like God is close to you during those times. He's not far from you. And I'm sure it doesn't feel like it all the time. And it says he saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's just like awesome. Another thing to think about too is when we think of Jesus, like we know Jesus came and like walked on this earth, right? And like we're taught, like if we take like a theology class or something like that, we're taught that, that Jesus was both, was both fully God and fully man. So he was like, somehow he was fully God and he was fully human while he was here on this earth. And I think for me at least, I tend to think of him just in the terms of like fully God. So like he walked, I, I, I have this feeling that he walked around on earth like God, right? And it, that was like part of who he was, but also he was fully human. And because of that, he experienced like many of the same things we do and many of the same like heartache and pain. In a lot of ways, he probably experienced like the most intense like pain and suffering that any human being has ever experienced in their life. And we see that in a couple different passages. So the first one is Isaiah 53.3. It says this about Jesus. It says he was despised and rejected by mankind. So he was despised and rejected by us, by human beings. A man of suffering, this is talking about Jesus, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. So pain wasn't something new to him. Like it was something that he constantly lived with. He was a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Then another verse in the New Testament from the book of Hebrews, talking about Jesus again, a few verses here says this. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, that's talking about Jesus, we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And then listen to this in verse 15. Listen to what it says. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize or sympathize with our weaknesses, 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Then it says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And I just, I just love that verse, that set of verses. It's like, hey, we don't, have this, we don't have this great high priest who's like up in heaven and can't identify with what we're going through. It's like, no, 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 he, was, he walked on this earth and he felt pain and he felt rejection and he felt sadness and he felt loss and he was hurt by other people and he was abused by people. And he can actually like understand and empathize with what we're going through. Then I love at the end of verse 16, it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And why do we wanna do that? Why do we wanna like pray to God and enter his throne room with confidence? And it says this, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So when we're going through these times of need of sadness and things like that, we wanna share that with God so he can help us in our time of need and give us grace and mercy. So we wanna feel our sadness we want to share our sadness with others and we want to cast our cares on God so we can start working through those different things. And I want to take this now and it's a, it's a little bit like philosophical, all the things we've talked about so far. And I just want to give us some like very, very like practical next steps. So maybe you're kind of like sitting here in the room this morning and you keep hearing me say over and over and over again, like, hey, you need to share your sadness with other people. Like you need to share your emotions, both, both positive and negative, really. We need to share with people around us. Maybe you're hearing me say that and you're saying, you know, that's, that's great. That makes sense that I should do that. But I honestly, I don't really have any like outlet to do that. I don't have any place to do that. Well, I'd say this. I'd say like, let us be the church for you. You know, maybe, maybe a grace group. I don't know if you guys have heard of grace group. We have a ton of grace groups around here at the Barbican Campus of Grace Church. And like with really like high trained, awesome leaders who love you and will like care for you and like help you walk through the pain and suffering that life has sometimes. So maybe if you haven't joined a grace group yet, maybe it's time that you do that and you allow the church to be the church and surround you and you can share your emotions and your feelings with the people in that grace group. I'd encourage you if you haven't done that to check that out. Um, Another thing, maybe you could like talk to a pastor Maybe you have some things in your life and some pain and sadness that you're working through, whatever it, whatever it might be, and you've never actually sat down with another person or like a spiritual leader and like shared that with them. We'd love to like make that available to you. So like Pastor Jeff Martell, the campus pastor, would love to sit down with you. I'd love to sit down and talk to you. John would love to talk to you. Um, maybe we just want that to be available. You know, any of our other leaders here, like if you've never taken the time to like share that with somebody else and kind of like get it off your chest and you're carrying that weight and burden on your, on your own, we'd love to help you with that. Um, maybe you just need to talk to a friend. You know, maybe you got like some good friends who love Jesus and love you and want the best for you and um, you've just never taken the time to talk to them. Maybe you just need to like set up that appointment. Maybe you need to call somebody and be like, hey bro, like man, we gotta talk. I just gotta get some stuff off my chest. Maybe you just need to do that. Maybe you need to take that next step and sit down with a friend and talk to them about what you're going through. I think another one like I talked about a little bit is, is like professional Christian counseling. You know, I think, I think in our culture, for whatever reason, sometimes that has like a, a negative stigma, stigma to it, which is crazy that it does. Because God like gifts people to be like professional Christian counselors that are very, very helpful and can help you work through some of the sadness in your life. So maybe it's time that you like, it could be something from a long time ago. You know, that you're like, you know, I've never actually 
like work through that sadness in my life and it's affecting me. It's affecting me now because hurting people hurt people. You know, maybe it's time that you sat down with a counselor and um, talk through those things and we'd love to help you connect to that as well. But most importantly, I'd say is we just gotta like process our pain and our sadness with God. We have to like take the time and like put some energy towards doing that with processing with God so we can be healthy people who can love the people around us well. And as the band kind of starts making their way up here, I just want to hit like <clears throat> one last thing for us as the band wakes their way up. So one thing I, one thing I know for certain and is that in a room this size that we have this morning, in a room this size, I know, I know for sure that there are people whose hearts have been broken. You know, there are people that have gone through like some pretty significant like pain and suffering and it's led to like sadness in their life. And maybe you're going through some of that now. Maybe it was something that happened a long time ago, right? But in the room this size, I know that's true, that we're dealing with sadness. And if you're not right now, you will. It's just like part of the, the life we live in this fallen and broken world. And as I've been kind of reflecting on this series and all of these different emotions and then thinking about sadness and thinking about what my family's gone through in the last couple years, it's been interesting and fascinating as I've realized, just like reading through scripture, that there's all of these like good and bad emotions we have. But one thing about sadness, the sadness that we feel now, is that it's not going to last forever. Right? There's all of these other emotions that may last forever, but sadness is actually going away when this world comes to an end. And I love this passage in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. It's probably my, probably my favorite passage in the entire Bible. We have it up on the screen. And it's talking about when Jesus returns. Right? So we live in this broken and fallen world because of our sin and because of the people sin around us. And because of that, there's all these negative consequences that end up leading to sadness. But someday, when Jesus returns, that's all going to change. And I love what this passage says. It says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne. That's the throne of God up in heaven. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among people and he will dwell with them. So no longer will we be separated from God. We won't be here on earth and God won't be up in heaven. We'll be together. Heaven and earth will become one. Then it goes on to say this, they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And I love verse four. It says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So you think about any tears that you've shed because of loss or pain or the way somebody's hurt you or disappointed you or the mistakes you've made and the guilt that you have. Think about that. Someday when we see Jesus, he's going to reach down. He's going to wipe away those tears from our eyes, all of the tears we have from our past. And it says there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. That'll be awesome, won't it? No more death or mourning or crying or pain. That's going to be amazing. For the old order of things has passed away. So just remember, like, in this life, we're going to have sadness, and we're going to have pain, and we're going to have suffering, and that's something that we need to work through so we can be healthy people who can love the people around us well. But remember that someday, Jesus is going to come, and he's going to wipe away all those tears, and all of that's going to be gone forever. Just this amazing thing. All right, let me pray for us.